0: Poetic Properties is a complex creation, brought to you by infinitely complex production and sponsorship with peacefully flawed apparel, where we believe that no matter the darkness, you have the opportunity and ability to get to the light. Thank you for tuning in to the Poetic Property Podcast. I am your host, Complex, the poet, father, author, and entrepreneur. This week has been insanely chaotic. Well, the past two weeks have been insanely chaotic at work and I've just been trying to kind of uh, keep it together. But it's really, really affected me on a mental front. They uh, completely cleaned out leadership. So yet again, it's another set of quote unquote leaders. Um, The problem that I'm seeing is that nobody wants to listen. Like everybody just everybody wants to be right, but nobody wants to listen, and it's creating a very chaotic work environment. A lot of people are burnt out, including myself. But it's like it it's it's a weird it's a weird vortex to be in of knowing how to help a company, but no one wants to listen because it's to them it it, it doesn't equate to money. Um, and a lot of people, and I don't think I don't think people even really realize this. A lot of people in executive positions, they have no clue of the thing that they're running, um, and it shows. Like when you when you start to dig into to stuff and you start, you know, kind of paying attention for real, it, it shows, and it's frustrating because you like these people make all this money to know nothing. They're very dependent on you know, the the boots on the floor to get it done, but yet they don't care to listen when so or when um when problems arise and we have solutions on the ground, they don't wanna listen because to them it doesn't equate to money and it's like I get corporate America is a bait and switch. But it's like y'all yeah, gotta do it better. Um and they're not. So it just is what it is. But the constant change, like I'm all for change. I said that many times before, but the constant change, it, it, it's frustrating because you never know which way you're going at any given time. And the one place that you're supposed to have some type of order is at work, in my opinion. Right. Like there's there should be a certain structure, uh, certain processes in place to do certain things. And I don't feel like the company that I work for. Uh, understands that in its fullest, right? Because again, chaos is so fun when you're in it, when you're not willing to to change, when you're not willing to see what the chaos really is. It's so fun. But at some point, the greed has to stop. At some point, the disrespect has to stop. At some point, like we have to start putting people in position who actually know the position. We need to stop just relying on uh, college degrees and uh, connections, because that's how shit get fucked up. So, I've been going through that at work and eh, I think I talked about it last week like I know it sounds super horrible, but work is my escape. Right? I have uh I have a preteen and three teenagers and they're trying to figure themselves out and it gets chaotic in here. And I have to do my job and making sure everything stays in order because that's what I'm supposed to do. So typically, you know, I log into work and I'm like, all right, cool. I don't think, I don't have to think about no parent stuff for at least eight to 10 hours. But then now it's like, I'm a parent on the clock as well because I'm steady having to say, hey, this this doesn't look right. I'm steady having to say, logically, boom, boom, boom. And it's just like, it's disheartening how much you have to fight Just to do things correctly or just to get things done correctly. And it's funny because just like in life, people always say, oh, it's you want it your way. I want it my way. And it's like, no, we should want it the right way. Right. There has to be some commonality in what we both are saying. Um, That's the whole purpose of conversation. You know, communication is is the bedstone of business, you know, of life in general. There has to be a clear level of, of understanding. There has to be a clear level of communication. And when I'm, what I'm noticing is that it's, it's not there you know, and again, I'm, I'm one of a million gazillion employees. So I know to them, my voice is little, but when you have enough people like, yo, like I'm experiencing this too. It's like, at some point you got to be like, okay, let me, let me stop and see what the fuck going on down there. Right. But it's, it's, it's just crazy. And the way that they, the way that people quit and then disappear, it's on some like for real ninja type stuff. Like, everything be quiet, silent. Next thing you know, you're gonna email, such and such not here no more, such and such got moved. It's like, yo, what what is going on? You know, and the unnecessary constant change, like, it it for me and, and a lot of other people, it's created this level of burnout. Like, I mean, to me, it's like, I don't even really want to be here for real. And if you follow this podcast <laughs> from when I first started it in 2020, y'all know I'll be putting my two week notice in like every three months. Like one year I put that joint in like seven times and the current leadership was like, fam, no. And I was cool with them, but I was just trying to show them like, yo, like I don't care about, like, I'm extreme like that. Like you're not going to make me uncomfortable. I'm going to be here. I've been doing this shit for 20 years. It's not like I can't get another billing and coding job. You know what I mean? like." my it's just the perks of me being able to work from home you know on my own schedule or not technically on my own schedule but me being able to work from home is a big thing because i get to see my kids grow up right a lot of us our parents worked from literally nine to five or nine to six um and i'm from california so if you know anything about california traffic it don't matter it don't matter if you technically live five minutes away, you get caught in traffic, you might not be home like for 30, 45 minutes to one out. So, and me and my siblings play sports and sometimes sports, you know, it didn't, it, it got over late and we didn't have a relationship with our parents during the week because of how often, you know, that they had to be out of the house working Like telecommuting wasn't really, I don't even say it wasn't really a thing. I don't think it was a thing back then. So I look at that and it's like, I don't want to jeopardize not being able to see my kids grow up. Like whatever my kids need with me being able to work from home, I'm able to pause for a second, go help them get back to work. And I don't, it's it's not often that they like really need anything that distracts me from work. But what I'm trying to say is that being home matters, right? Me being able to, for them to text me and, Hey, I'm home. And they know that I'm here. They don't ever have to worry about where I'm at. They don't ever have to worry about being picked up late. They don't ever have to worry about me being stuck in traffic somewhere. And so that's why I'm at this company at this point. Because I I, I stay in meetings all the time, I don't feel like I've done my job in, in, in none of us for that matter in like four years. And so they're like, all right, well we need to have a meeting. And I'm like, I don't, I'm gonna say the same thing. Like y'all, like I don't talk for a reason. Cause once I talk, I observe too much. And now I'm gonna let everything spill out. And now you're gonna be frustrated with me because I'm not gonna let up. Like when I tell people, leave me alone, don't call my name. I'm not saying that from a, a space of arrogance. I'm saying that because I don't want to deal with the conflict that's going to come with me speaking logic. right? I go out of my way to find logic in every situation that I'm in, even when I'm super duper mad. And so I'm burnt out because why you keep calling my name if you're not going if you're not going to take heed to the things that I'm saying, and not only that. A million other people are saying the same thing. Hey, we should do it like this. This is, this is what works. It feels like this type of pressure and it's unnecessary. Like the, the pressure has to, there has to be a balance, even, even in discipline, even in workload, even in, it has to be a balance. But we're all at this point to where it's just like, yo, like, like what the hell is happening? Like, and I don't, I don't understand that. So difficult couple of weeks. You know, the constant change, it really affects it, it it really affects, you know, mental health, because like once you feel secure in something and you change, it's like, dang, like I got to learn something else. And for me, I already have a lot of um insecurities of like when I make mistakes, because I've been in relationships and I've been in situations to where, you know, I made a mistake and in my mind it was something small. Right. And. and it's blown out of proportion or I'm talked down upon or I'm looked at a certain way. So it's difficult. It's difficult for me. I get embarrassed very easily. Um, and when I, once I'm embarrassed, like it, it's a rage response. I, I, I'm I'm not there yet. I'm not there at the point to where I can take embarrassment. Well, um, and so I'm very cognizant of how I speak, what I speak on, how I move. But this, this, this constant this constant change is like really driving me crazy because i'm like i just learned this thing an hour ago and now i have to learn something else um and it's just not it, it hasn't been a beneficial process um for me and a lot of other people um, on top of that the kids are really pressing they they really pressing the line and they're not going to win. And I keep telling them that you're not going to win. I need y'all to um, do the things that I'm asking of y'all. Like, it's so weird. And maybe because my mom is the, uh, was the primary parent that I don't recall experiencing, attempting to challenge her per se. Like, but these boys, like somebody should have told me that boys be trying to date like they try to challenge you for real for real. through ignoring you through smart mouths through uh you know they chest filling up with air and i be like bro like you really think you know who i am like you you don't understand the restraint that i'm using because you're my kid like i had to tell them like hey fam listen let me tell you something Y'all getting close to having to pay your own bills, have your own relationship for real, all of that. And the optics are going to change. I try to get them to understand that it's only so long that I'm going to look at you like a child. I don't care if you're my child, but I'm not raising uh, young men. I am raising human beings. And so we will have uh, respect on that level. Right. I don't care about the hierarchy. I'm your dad. I'm right. You're wrong. You're my son. I don't care about none of that. I care about logic. I care about peace. I care about balance. And so I be having to tell them like, hey, bro, I told you, Junior, you got a few more months till you kind of can do what you want to do. You know with Respectfully, I said, but what comes with that is you're not my little baby no more. So the things that you say, and the things that you do. They're going to have a different consequence because you're my son, but you're a man now, and so everything that I've been trying to teach you from from birth till now, it's time for you to exhibit that. And then if if you don't, I have to check where I went wrong, and then I have to check you because that's just that's just what it is. And y'all know I like with with the kids being so fragile right now, um, and I and myself being so fragile, I really be trying to like. Just chill and overlook certain things, but it's just like the the ooh, it'd be the smallest things. So I'm like, we about to, we about to put the gloves on, like we're about to. Um. I don't. I. I never want to revert back to who I was in a sense of raging and sometimes the kids don't understand that sometimes my job doesn't understand. That. I mean, of course, I'm not about to, you know, I don't want to ever make it seem like I'm about to do something at work or anything like that. But they don't understand that everybody's mental health is not balanced. And so you can't be saying certain things, you can't be treating people especially when it's like cuz it, especially when someone's letting you know, right? Like, "Hey, I don't I don't think you talking to me how you how you think you're talking to me." Um, but it's past sounding professional and I'm going to respond unprofessional if the tone don't change. That's just that's just who I am. Because at work, you could tell me what you want to. I don't give a fuck. There's your money, whatever. But make sure you are telling me in a way that aligns with business, because if you are talking to me as a person. Um, it changes. Right. Like, you're not going to talk down on me. You're not going to talk at me. I don't care what level of human being you are, because I don't do that. You know, even if I'm in the right, I'm not talking down, like, because I'm in this space of I want to I, I want to I want to learn. Right. I'm not here to argue. I'm not here to debate. I'm here to learn whether you're wrong or I'm wrong. We both about to learn something. Um, and so I, I, it's been a struggle it has been a struggle, and then on top of that, you know uh, tomorrow kennedy would, would would have been four, so this is a very, very hard time for me um, and it has been you know since she passed away I go out of my way to I go out of my way to suppress. The rage and the anger that comes from not understanding the why of her not being here. But I notice that even in my healing. Right. And this is this is this is so hard for me. And I think this is why I don't try to make friends for real. And this is why I think this is why I'm just content with. The handful of people that I have, because when I do try to make friends and I'm open and I'm honest with, you know, my my mental health, it kind of backfires when I've said, hey, um, I heal in silence. I heal in isolation. Um, When it gets too heavy for me, like I got to just remove myself from everything that may trigger something. Right. A lot of people might say that. I mean it. And for the past four years, I haven't really had control over it, per se. Like when the fog hits and I feel the rage, I feel the anger of my daughter not being here. I like I got to I shut down. Because all through the year, I'm talking healing, I'm talking peace, I'm talking all of that. And it's not that in those moments that those things still are not prevalent in my life. It's just that I'm bogged down with trying to get an understanding that I'll never get. Right. I'll never get a true understanding. There was an entire autopsy done. Um, and they were like, I don't pretty much. I don't know. Everything came back clear, but she's not here. I think that's why it's hard for me to grasp my mind around it. You're telling me that everything was fine, but she's not here. And I get lost in that. I do. I'm I I don't know how not to because I don't have any understanding of it. And I tell people all the time, "Hey, this is a this is this is rough." Right? Like once my uh I think twin has the like how I structured it. Twin has the first wait, for Twin has the first birthday of birthday season. i called it birthday season cuz I have um, a September, and October, I'm in November, two Decembers, a January, I get a break in February, and then March, right? Around that time, I'm, I feel my baby missing. I feel her and anybody missing, right? Because I'm sitting here and the boys are blowing out candles. I mean, we don't have birthday parties or anything like that. Um, they never want, they, they've never wanted to do it. To to have birthday parties like when they were little, I would throw them parties. But once they (laughs) once I was like, you want a birthday party or you want me to use all that money on gifts? They start like, hey, give me the gifts. Right. But in those moments as a father where I'm looking at my kids, smile on their birthdays, when I'm looking at them, open up gifts and stuff like that. um, I notice Kennedy is not here. Right. I'm very open with that you know, with, with anybody, with anybody I feel like is important to me that I feel like I'm going to have real conversation with, I'm open. I think that when I tell people, it's like, I hear you, but now nah, everybody say that. But then when it's, when, when I'm in the midst of it, I'm not talking to anybody and, um, I don't want, I I don't want to go out. I don't want to do anything. I just want to be left alone and not even left alone per se, but more so let me heal. I know how to ask for help. That's one of the things that was like one of the first things that I asked for after I had like my second suicidal thought was like, okay, I need to focus on and learn how to understand my body enough and my mind enough to know when I need help, right? With what I have going on right now, there is no help for real. At least I don't, I don't know what the help is per se. And a lot of times the help for me is just knowing you're there. I don't want advice. I don't like, I'm not, I don't, this is not advice time because I'm trying to I'm trying to find understanding. And so I noticed the, the disconnect creates a lot of friction. And so I just I just start separating myself because I'm not gonna bring conflict up be, because I'm trying to heal. It, it may not fit what you feel like healing is, right? Because even with me, when I'm trying to help people and I'm, you know, doing my, my grief coaching or what have you, right? It is certain things that I know, like I got to leave that alone. There's a certain part of my coaching that understands that, okay, I saw how the last session went, you're not ready, you don't, you're, you're not ready to move to that next thing, right? I'm not going to ask you about it. I'm not going to, going to feel away about it. I'm not going to create subliminal messages about it. I'm just going to understand. I, right, I get it. Like, like you are who you say you are when it comes to healing. So a lot of times, you know, I have two clients to where we'll just sit. We'll just sit. And then when they're ready to say something, I'm prepared. Because even the best advice at the wrong time is a recipe for disaster. And I know that because I don't I don't get that in response. Like when I say I'm down or when I'm say when I'm being honest about my healing process, when I'm being honest about, you know, whatever, it's always somebody who feels like, nah, I could I could help. And that's fine to feel that way. But you can't get mad because you feel you can do something that I'm not prepared to accept. You can't force your way like you can't force your way into helping. You could be the nicest person in the world. You can have the best advice in the world. But if I am not there in that space and time, you are throwing seed on bad lands. It's not going to stick. It's not going to grow. And I feel like me being that way it affects, it affects a lot of stuff, and I'm not going to apologize for it because I'm trying to learn myself enough to deal with people. right? I've, like I, I've I tell the kids, "Listen, 24 about to get real crazy." I've put I've put everything ahead of me. Everything. Relationship attempts, the kids, work, the dog, everything. And I live my life from what's left, from what's left, right? My kids get all, my kids get all the time. Work gets all the time. Um, I have an hour carved out for active recording because my kids live with me. And I'm not about to have them either leave the house and or be silent all day every day so I can record. You know, I just have to find, I have to find, you know, my my grooves into the system that, that we're in. But I told them, because I've put everybody first for so long and not one person has even attempted to be like, nah, dad, like, you got it. Go ahead, do what you need to do. Nah, we'll chill, we'll chill right now on on that, cause I know you need to do this or you want to do that. Right? Until them, understand 24 is gonna be very intentional. Um It's gonna be my reset year. I'm not making no silly ass resolutions or nothing like that. I am just going to live in action. The same action that I've been living in with uh with life for them, right? I'm going to apply that to myself and see see what happens. Because I'm tired of being alone for one. I'm tired of like I'm I'm tired of everything. I don't even need to make a list. I'm just tired of shit. And at first I thought it was just because I'm getting older and I'm finally getting into that grumpy old man, but I've been a grumpy old man since I was like 12. So it's not I'm just I'm just tired. I feel I feel overworked. I feel Um, overextended in in my life like I've had to really even when their mother was present I've really had to do both parts right like I'm the active parent and she's always been the the picture kind of fun parent um, per se and I be having to, to clean up so much of their life and try to, you know, while still trying to clean up my life. Cause there's things that I've done in my past that I'm still kind of dealing with. Like, why you did that? Uh, what drove you there mentally? Like, you know, and finding my accountability. Cause I, I tell y'all all the time, I could care less of who hurt me. I am not mad at who hurt me, who said something, who did something, who treated me away. I'm not mad. Right. You did that for whatever reason. You did that. My goal in my life is to understand why I allowed you to do that shit for so long. What was in me that I felt that what was happening in my life was okay. Whether it's me starting an issue and you taking it to the next level. Or if it's me just being and not being who you needed me to be. Like people get lost in... um. People get lost in anger when it comes into to how they were done and how they were disrespected and how they were hurt and stuff like that. And I completely get that. But once those things pass. Why are you not sitting with yourself and saying, "Okay, what did I do? Right. Like how like how could I have handled that different? Not for the sake of that person. Fuck that person. Nah, it's not that. It's so that when you are in that situation again, you don't have to be someone you don't wanna be. A lot of us get pushed outside of our character and unfortunately, that's who we are. When we allow people to push us, it's not their fault. Because it's one thing that I I live by, my brother told me this years ago and he said, you are an adult and it should not be hard for you to deal with anybody because nobody is responsible for you, but you. Think about that. We so worried about hurting people's feelings. We're so worried about the, uh, how it's going to look to everybody. We're so worried about everything, but why is it hard to deal with you? I am going out of my way to, to make it not a thing, but it's difficult to deal with you. And it's okay because that's a you thing. So I've walked away and or just completely ghosted so many situations because it's not even about you. It it, it really isn't. If I allow you, like I tell the kids all the time. If I am in a relationship and my partner pushes me to the limit to where... I feel like I have to put my hands on her. The relationship is over. Because you have taken me to the point where I'm about to knock your whole shit off. And what people don't understand is I came up in a time where that was presented as okay. I've never seen nobody get in trouble for domestic violence when I was little. Right? So... There's, I said balance is, 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 is a big thing in my, in, in, in my mind, right? In my life. If I don't think slapping the shit out of you is wrong, morally, and I allow you to press me there, whose fault is that? That's my fault. I know that I'm, a, I'm about to knock your ass into Mars. Why would I keep myself in that position? A lot of people don't have that restraint when it comes to to high level of violence, mid-level or low level. There's a a, a, there's a part of us that we have to respond to disrespect with disrespect. I tell my sons, hey, listen, let me tell you something, because it's not about being a punk. It's not about being soft. If you decide to respond to disrespect with disrespect, you have to be prepared for the consequences that's going to come up uh, after that. Because everybody is not just talking. I had an experience when I pulled up on the kids for, for uh, for King's birthday, right? I have bumped into this little girl. I did not see her behind me. I didn't see her. Right? She fell start crying. Immediately, I look to my left because that's that's just who I am. I know your parents is around. And the dude has such an aggressive look on his face, as he should. I just bumped into his little daughter, right? But this was a teaching experience for my sons. This man was about to attack me over an accident. Right. I tell y'all all I, like all the time. It ain't about me being a bitch, it ain't about me being soft, it ain't about me being a punk. It's about understanding. Typically when someone walks up on me like this man did, you're going to get stabbed immediately. Cuz I keep it on me. It was my fault. It's his daughter. I said, man, my apologies. I didn't even see her. I said, I'm here with my kids and I'm looking at the screen and I didn't even see her. I said, and I, I sincerely apologize. And he took a step further. And I'm, I said, bro, I didn't see her. That's my warning. Like you're about to get stabbed and you have no eye fucking did, Because it's about Safety. If you want to take it there, let's, let's take it there, but don't, don't die. Don't, don't die for this because I'm apologizing to your face. I apologize to, to the dude, uh, to the father. I apologize to, to the mother. She had another baby in a, in the, the pad pack. Right. And I said, Hey, I apologize. I really didn't see her. I said, but do you mind if I apologize to her? Right. Now, energy completely shifted. They're laughing. Oh, these are your boys, and da 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 da. It could have got ugly for that man. It could have got ugly for me. But it's not about ego with me. It's not about who's the toughest. My accountability is that I was not paying attention. I bumped into your daughter. You felt like you had the upper hand on me, but you don't realize I'm not one of these regular people. Just like you from the streets, because you can see it in people's eyes. I knew you was right there, and as soon as I turned around, I had my hand on my blade. I still apologize, but you're not about you're not about to you're not, you not about to sneak me and like I got told my kids that could, I could have responded with disrespect because it was truly an accident, but it's not about me being tough it's about me teaching lessons. It's about me showing you guys what I mean or what I mean by being able to restrain from not being the person you, you say you aren't. I say I'm about peace. I say I'm about healing, right? When the chance come up, I can't now be like, all right, we about to just fight. Now, If my apologies weren't enough and he attacked me, then all that peace shit would have went out the window because now I have to protect. And it was a lesson that they didn't they didn't understand. And they're like, but why didn't you? Because it's not about me cussing him out. It's not about me saying, oh, who you walking up on? Hey, I apologize. I hit her, but or I bumped into her where are you trying to take it? Cause you're going, cause, cause I I, I, like, don't play with me. And I'm trying to, I'm trying to show my kids that it ain't like, I don't feel no type of way. I don't feel like a punk. I don't feel so. Man's was trying to protect his son. He didn't know that my mind state is we going to die together. He didn't know that. But I tell y'all all the time, I'm going to be here for my kids until universe, the universe takes me out. Not no fucking dummy. Not me making dumb decisions and responding to a way, especially when I when I was wrong. And I'm not, I'm not gonna lie, it was difficult because I apologize face to face with you and you still walking up on me like you about to do something. I apologize again. You still aren't. I'm like, okay. In my mind, I'm like, when I apologize to his wife, if he even budges wrong, one of us is going to the morgue and one of us is going to jail. And he must have saw me because he's like, oh, no, 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 it's not. Okay, cool. So let's relax. Because again, I'm thin line between dear Heavenly Father and I will slap the shit out of people. Let me apologize in peace. If you, if you don't want the apology, cool, let's get to it then. And that's what I'm trying to tell my kids. Like, it's not really like, I'm not scared of people. I've experienced the highest level of death, which is my daughter dying. I experienced the highest level of pain, which is my daughter dying. Quit playing with me. I'm just now wanting to be here. On earth, right? I'm just now, I'm just now finding my, my passion for living again. Meaning, I'm going to take it there. But I choose logic. It was very, very difficult. Ego was like, swing on him. He in your personal space. But accountability said, hey... Who would you do if somebody knocked into your daughter, accident or not? And so, in real time, I'm able to apologize. Apologize. I'm able to chill. I'm, uh, I'm able to over apologize because I don't care if I look like a punk to anybody. I don't care if I look soft because I know if that was me, even outside of the 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 situation I'm in now with Kennedy being gone and having Imani, if that was if that was one of my sons, hey man. What's going on? Because those are my kids. I'm here to protect. He didn't have to accept my apology. He didn't. He could have got to whatever he felt like he was about to get to, and it was going to change a lot of people's lives more than that little bump did. But I had to use logic because I got to get to. I got to get to to 2024 in peace. I have to. I've put too much in front of me that I need, that I, I need to start making ground. I need to start living intentionally. I need to be more like, like Kobe said. Like, well, I, I think it was Kobe and Kanye who was like, well, I've done all, all I could do. What do you want from me, Kobe? More, more, you're welcome. Right. I don't know if you all remember that commercial, but for me, like, that's what that's what I thought in that moment. Like. I apologized more. I apologize to get more. I apologize to the late like you're welcome, because the situation was over. Um, I was able to leave. Kids have fun, yada, yada, whatever. But I have too much. Look, I have too much to look forward to in life to be out here trying to be that way. Like I felt so bad. He has no idea. Like I felt I felt so bad like losing Kennedy is still a difficult thing to to process uh, because of its timing, because of how it happened and the thoughts that I was having while the incubation period was going because I wasn't vibing with 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 my baby mom. Right, we wasn't rocking like that to be to be having a kid. So in my mind, I'm like, I can't believe this. This is going to ruin my life, and da 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 da. And now um, I'm stuck with this. And so, like I like, when I tell y'all the thoughts that I had during this process, right, that first few months, I'm just like, I can't believe that this is happening. But I'm a father amongst all things. And so I start chilling, like, all right, cool, around, like, uh, four or five months, because I didn't, like, unlike my other five kids, I didn't go to any doctor's appointments. I didn't, um, I wasn't, I wasn't at anything, right? So I didn't get to ask the questions that I I asked during uh, pregnancy, because I'm very involved, very, very, like, uh, it's annoying how involved I am. You got an appointment. I'm taking off because I'm going to the appointment, too, because you're not going to remember what the person is saying to you. And you might not be asking the questions that I need answers to. So everybody who knows me know that I'm heavily involved. But during the process with Kennedy, it was super duper ugly. My thoughts were super duper bad. So immediately I'm like, damn. I spoke this. I spoke this into existence. Because that first few months, I just I was so frustrated, like, why? Like. (sighs) And it's been difficult ever since because I can't wrap around. I, I can't wrap my mind around having those thoughts. And never being able to meet her and never being able to show her. Yeah, I had those thoughts. Because of my own situation and how I look at your mother. But it had nothing to do with you. And so when I walk past, when I walk past, you know, her urn, when I see her, you know, her um, her shrine that I have here, when I open up her book and, you know, because they took pictures of her. Um, they took, they unwrapped her, of course, because because of the autopsy, they unwrapped her and took pictures of her body, and I'm just seeing different parts like of her body, just uh, either not symmetric or one part is not grown fully or whatever. Like um, uh, one of her, one of her feet ended up being uh, a little bit longer, um, and I don't know if it's because she was already decaying um, prior to delivery. Like I don't, I don't, I don't know, but. All the pictures I have of her, like, none of them are suitable. Well, I have one that I, that I took while I was holding her, um, and I cropped myself out. But other than that, like, her her file right here, it just, it, it has the few pictures, and it, it just looks so horrible. And I'm like, dang, like, y'all telling me that nothing was wrong, but I'm looking at these pictures of my baby dead. And all I can think of is the bad thoughts that I was having during this whole process. And that eats at me. And I get it. I understand like losing loved ones is inevitable. It's a part of the human journey. I get that shit. But the aftermath, it, 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 it leaves us struggling with hella emotions, hella emotions. Like I'm in in, I, I'm completely aware of how life and death works. And normally I'm able to process it a bit better because it's someone older, someone who's lived a full life, who've, who've, who've loved everything, right? They, they, they've experienced love. They experienced hate. They experienced ups and like they got to experience just life in general. Kennedy didn't even breathe a breath. She didn't even see a sight. She didn't even hear a sound, just nothing. And as a father that eats at me daily, she had no opportunity for anything. And all I can think of is, man, you had all them negative thoughts about the pregnancy in general. And now this. Now this. And so I've been just dealing with trying to to grieve properly, but it seems like every turn I get, I have to stop and think about and, and, and not even think about, but I have to stop for others and this is like this is outside of of my own counseling. this is outside of my own therapy like I just got, I just gotta I have to stop. Because I have so much responsibility with no one on with, with no one on my side really to help. And it's not nobody's responsibility. Like I don't expect nobody to be able to fully um deal with this. Right? The the thing is is that I wanted to get to a point to where I was whole enough um I was whole enough to present myself properly. Right? And in, in friendship, relationship, whatever. I feel like a lot of people they present themselves broken and they want someone to heal them. And I feel like that's disrespectful. Because you're you you don't know what I've gone through. You don't know what I'm currently going through. You don't know if I have the capacity to handle any of that. Right. So for me, I'm like during this during this eight year period of me really like not locking in with nobody, I'm a I'm really gonna focus on healing myself so that when I am ready to present myself I'll be whole enough to, to be accepted properly, right? Still healing, healing is everlasting. I don't, you know, I, I don't ever intend on, I don't in, ever intend on not being active in my healing, but the pieces that were broken, they almost fully back together, Right? Like, I don't, uh, I'm not a charity case. I'm not a, like, a, a project. You ain't got to build me up or anything like that. Trust me. I'm fine. I can fuck. I can fight. I work hard. I'm a good parent. All that. You don't got to build me up. You don't got like, you don't, you don't got to do that part. I've already built myself up enough. Now, what you going to add to it, though? And I, like, and I'm only, I'm only saying that because that's what I expect. If you come to me, if you come to me broken, I got to pass. I know what that feels like. I know what with having to shut down and help someone piece their shit back together while you're trying to piece yourself together. I know what that feels like and I, I'm never doing that shit again. I'm never doing it again. It's not, it's not beneficial to either parties because you end up losing, you end up losing the project because once it's complete, I tell people all the time, like you can't just, you can't just need me. You have to want me, right? Because if you need me, once that need is fulfilled, you're going to dip. So I don't believe in needing without wanting you're not about to come to oh I need you da, 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 da. and then once I once I help you you know whether it's finances whether it's emotions whether it's you know helping you see a different perspective with dealing with family or friends or work like then you dip no 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 not doing that shit no more get your broken ass away from me because I'm not coming with it like that I'm coming whole I just want to see what you're gonna add on it. I'm just, I'm, I'm just trying to see what type of weight you're going to put on it. You know what I mean? And, and we have to get to a point to where that's okay. It, it, it has to be okay for me to say, you know what? I'm cool. You're a cool person. But you, you're broken. And I, I don't have enough glue. I don't have enough adhesive. I don't have enough foundation to put you on mine, too. We can't intertwine. like The, the, the components don't mix right now. We have to be okay with that. We have to. Grief is not. <laughs> grief is not just sadness. For the people who don't understand. uh, What. Grief is. It, it's not just sadness. And I wish a lot. I wish a lot of more people understood that. It's a multifaceted experience. That extends beyond the initial stages of shock and sorrow. Like I'm not just like. I'm not just sad my baby dead. I'm, just, I'm not just sad that I don't get to see my oldest daughter. Like that is I lost something. There is a chemical imbalance in me that that supersedes sadness. That it it, it, it like like grief is sadness on steroids. And you can't like you, you can't stop it till it wanna be stopped. It's not just it's not just one way. It's not just sadness. It manifests itself in a complex emotional landscape. A lot of us struggle with feeling sadness, anger, guilt and eventually relief. I know that sounds bad. I know that sounds bad. We have this idea that grief is a a linear experience and it's not. It's not. It's people out here putting band-aids over bullet wounds, leaking life and saying they're okay. They're not. They're not. Grief is more like a series of peace and chaos attacking you simultaneously. And a lot of us experience a range of emotions from very deep sadness to unexpected relief. And sometimes the relief is solely having the opportunity to forget the thing that's causing the grief for a second. I know that sounds bad, but there is a, 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 a time a month, a time of the year to where uh, Kennedy is not directly on my mind. And for that split hour, split 30 minutes for that possible day, it feels so good not to have that weight on my shoulders. I know she dead. She's not coming back. I know that that's my baby. But that one day a month that I don't have to think about it, that one day a month where I have enough distractions, it feels so good to just be able to have that relief if only for that moment. If only for that moment. It's essential to recognize that everyone grieves differently and there is not a one size approach to navigating these emotions. I am still picking up the pieces of losing my daughter. I am a, like when I say I am a father's father, like fam, listen. I don't be caring about nothing except for these kids. I've always like the only things that I've ever wanted to do was be a good father and a good husband. That's it. Everything else is secondary. Passions was always secondary. The trumpet, football, track, poetry, that was all secondary to me wanting to always be a good father and a good husband. And as I'm picking up these pieces, it becomes clear that the effects that it has on mental health. It's profound. Like beyond the emotional chaos, you fight with anxiety, depression, and even physical symptoms. Like for me, (laughs) for me, the eye twitch, the arm twitch, the indigestion, the migraines, the low energy. Like I just feel like I am being attacked and I'm attacking. I'm the one doing the attacking. My body is is, is eating at me like fam. Yeah. Yeah. I know you, you're trying to do better. Nah, fam. Yeah. You think it's just in your mind? Nah, fam. Watch you about to, you like, I'm about to make you eat crazy. And then I'm going to take your energy away. So you can't exercise. Then I'm going to take your passion away. So you don't even have the motivation to even want to exercise. And it's it, it it starts affecting the body, and I don't I just I don't think people are aware of how fast that that can happen, right? I try to be sh- oh my god I try to be strong. I, I I I oh I be trying to be strong, but when the shit hits the fan, it hits and it stinks. When I'm open about it. I'm picking up the pieces. I'm not fully like what as a result to me right. As a result to me, I am whole enough to start moving forward. When it comes to the idea of Kennedy not being here and trying to grasp the why and understanding I'm still picking up pieces. Because it's heavy on my life, because I'm a father beyond anything. So that sits on me daily. The why, the how. How come nobody has no 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 answers? How come like how can you do a full autopsy and then tell me, oh none, nah, she straight. She was straight. The fuck? But she but 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 she not here. So either she wasn't straight or you did something to make her not straight in your process of carrying uh uh your prenatal care. Like yeah and my mind just circles around that um and it doesn't help that grief feeds into those and I'm gonna say delusions loosely. Grief will feed that thought. It will have you going insane. Like, there's a way to figure it out. It has a, like, grief has a significant effect on mental health. I struggle also with insomnia. It's super crazy because I'll go from being uh, uh, obsessed with eating, right? And then I'll just go to, I don't have an appetite at all. And I don't want to eat anything. It's also, grief also sometimes forces you into isolation. But then you, you sometimes put yourself there. And for me, I do that a lot. Cause again, I, I'm my, my, I'm at the point of my wholeness to where I'm sensitive to, to energy. I am sensitive to, to certain words and certain frequencies. I'm, I, I I know that for myself. Right. And so knowing that I gotta, I gotta chill knowing that I gotta get away from people. it's, It's a difficult, it's a difficult race to run. Uh, the prolonged stress of grieving, I'm telling you it can and it will contribute to anxiety and depression. Making it crucial for individuals to seek support and understanding during a difficult time. I'm not really big on support systems yet. um, Because I feel like everyone doesn't mean good for you. And a lot of times you'll tell people your quote unquote support system, your most vulnerable feeling your most vulnerable thought and it'll almost always come back in an argument it'll always uh almost always come back in a way of reprimand if you do something right oh you you only doing that because of this you only saying that because of that and it's like i didn't tell you that to use it as a weapon i told you that because i thought that you were trying to help me understand stuff because that's what you said or that's what you implied I didn't know that I couldn't speak to you in am my stripped down formed and so I personally don't be saying you know get a support system all the time I say if, if you can and you and you know that it's a it's a good system then go for it but I don't I'm that's not my thing that's not how I how I do it Because I'm a father first and I've cut off my emotions to save the kids, it has become difficult for me. It's made me understand I cannot save what does not want to be saved. My kids don't give a fuck about what I'm on right now. They're kids. It hits them that they don't have their sisters and they get hella sad and it gets hella dark. Right. But for the most part, they don't. It's not a long-term effect for them. Like, like me, this bothers me all year. It has bothered me since December 24th, 2019, every day for them. It's not until my birthday that they start like, oh shit, it's coming. And I don't even know if the grief is more so for her or for me. I, I don't, I don't know. You know, but it gets very ugly. Like like I said last week, King is like, y'all always mad or sad on my on um, around my birthday. It gets really, really ugly. So it's just like I got to start realizing I had to start realizing to an extent, like when it comes to grief, I got to let them find their their place. Their mind may be not even mature enough to accept what's really going on. You know, it again, it took me some time because I grew up in a time frame where wasn't no therapy like that. Unless you out here, unless you a kid out here, like killing people or doing something like that. Therapy didn't exist. You were always told two things. It's the devil. And you just (laughs) said. That's it. That was that was how we dealt with depression in the era that I was raised in. That's why right now, you know, therapy is so, is so prevalent. Like now that we're like, Oh, there, there is some type of help out there. I wasn't just sad. And that's why it's that way now, but the kids, their minds are not mature enough to, to fully process what's what. And I'm fine with that. I'm not going to, I'm not going to push myself on them. I'm not going to um, have them feel away because they don't, Want my help or they don't want to accept my help. The only issue with that is that they're teenagers. And so their mouths get smart, you know, their nonchalant attitudes kick in. And my mind is, is it's, is, my mind counts it as grief or disrespect. And a lot of times I just back down because it's different. Because I again, same, same thing like the the issue with the guy. I don't I don't wanna disrespect you because you disrespected me. I wanna set a tone of, hey, don't 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 do that, you're pushing it. But I don't wanna set a tone of fear on that level. I want respect, not fear. I'll knock their fucking heads off their shoulders. They are aware of that in real in real time. But when they on their shit, they don't they not paying attention to that. They think I'm old. Because all they see is me being depressed, being in my room and stuff like that. But I will beat them the fuck up. Like, let's let's be real. And so because I'm aware of that, I don't bother. I don't bother to respond to certain things that they do. I just chill. I just chill. Like, like just trying to navigate through grief. Like not even actually in action navigating. Just the idea of trying to figure out how to navigate through it. It impacts our mental health, which now we need to figure out how to cope with this shit. Like once we start to understand, all right, this is life right here. I do not want to stay here. I don't want to stay here in this time and space. What do I need to to get out of it? Unfortunately, before you can get out of it, you have to you have to accept it and you have to begin to to, uh, to cope with it. You have to. We're in this world of. of hot takes and buzzing and, and, and exciting opinions and these op eds about, you know, the one way mental health process. It's not one way. It's crucial that we we are recognizing the significance of devaluing the opinions of stranger because not every voice deserves a place in your mental space. You need to remember that it ain't for everybody. Your mental space is not for everyone and it's OK. It doesn't matter if it's your sibling, your partner, your kids, everybody don't belong there. Because everybody doesn't understand who you are. Like every day we, we encounter, because of social media, a barrage of opinions that don't mean shit. And it's easy for us to start believing it again, like I said last week. The lie or the truth is what it is because enough people have said it, said it loud and believed it. Either or That's all lies and truths are That's all It's all that they are And we have to start understanding that The opinions that people give Are based on their experience Not to help you That's why I don't listen to a lot of people In regards to what I'm going through Because they've never been through it Stop telling me what's on the surface Has your kid died? Don't talk to me about kids being dead then Have you experienced divorce? Have you experienced domestic violence physically, uh, verbally, mentally, financially? Have you experienced? Okay, I can't. Why are you talking to me? Because you're you're talking from a place of, oh, what I would do. And I'm telling you nine times out of 10 in situations when people are like, I would have done this. You wouldn't have done that because you're not you don't have the time to think about that. There's very few people on earth that really have a plan of action for almost anything they may encounter. And I mean a very, very few. Other than that, the rest of us are going in real time. We're responding with with emotion. We, we're responding with what we see, not with what we know. And no, fuck out of here. Everything don't don't deserve a response. Like we gotta start understanding that some of these opinions are just that. I see a lot of people post, you know, they comment on certain things and it's like, well, I don't I don't have no dog in this fight. But boom, 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 boom. Right. So in in coping, you got to reduce the noise of strangers. You have to make your your mind your sanctuary. Your mind is your sanctuary, a space where your thoughts and well-being should take precedence. Devaluing the opinions of strangers means reclaiming control over your mental landscape. Once you start believing who you are and who you say you are and not who they say you are, it's a whole different ballgame. When you start being able to see yourself. It's an entirely different ballgame. It's nothing that nobody's gonna say to you that's gonna mess with your self esteem, that's gonna mess with uh, how you move in relationships and friends. Like, none of that. You gotta filter out the noise. You have to. Strangers often lack the context to truly understand your life, your choices, or your experiences. By devaluing their opinion, you will filter out the necessary noise and you will preserve your mental clarity. I always say isolation is key, but there's a, there's a way that it has to be done that fits your mental structure for you to be able to process it. I tell myself all the time, I'm never isolating out of anger. I'm never like, oh, you get on my nerves. I'm never talking to you again. I'm going to give you a few chances because I need to see if what I'm seeing is correct. Oh, you you, you know you're doing this and you don't care. Bet. Bet. You have to learn how to focus on what matters. This is one that I'm struggling with. Like I, I, I am. When you devalue the opinions of strangers, you create a room for what truly matters to you. Your friends, loved ones, and most importantly, yourself. Direct your energy towards relationships and perspective that contribute positively to your life. I struggle with that. I struggle on focusing on what on what what matters per se. Um because the fog of losing my daughters is is heavy. And so I I know what I know what matters. I know that my health matters. I know that uh me being a father to my sons matters, um, I know, you know, my contribution to work. Um, I know it matters. You know what I mean? But it's just do I? Like, do I? And I'm fighting with it. I'm really fighting with, with focusing on what matters, but this is a part of coping, right? You got to fight through every level of it. No matter how hard the step is, you got to continue, you know, knocking at its door until it lets you in. And then you got to make a home there until you figure it out. Then you got (laughs) to, you have to embrace individuality and you have to be okay with that opinions are subjective and not everyone will resonate with your journey. So you have to embrace your individuality and knowing that the riches of diversity lie in varied perspectives. You have to find the perspective that gives you the best view of you. So that when you are presenting yourself to whoever, it is the best version of you. This person can't say nothing about you that's going to make you change who you are. Yeah, there's going to be some compromises and friendships and and relationships. But when you know who you are, there is no way anybody can make you feel a way about who you are. With that, with being able to understand who you are, it makes it easier to set boundaries. The opinions of strangers is an act of setting healthy boundaries or devaluing the opinions of 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 strangers. It's a way of setting boundaries. It's it's a recognition that not every critique or comment deserves a response or acknowledgement. That's where I am in my level of boundaries, right? And before I. Where I'm at in my level of boundaries, right? I said it before. I don't have to res- respond disrespect with disrespect. I don't have to respond anger with anger. I could chill because I say that I'm cool. I say that I'm trying to heal. I say that I don't want to be the old version of me that's quick to be ready to fight and and, and bug out for, for everything, right? We have to understand, too, that even blood relatives could be strangers so we have to really understand that even when you're dealing you know with your family they don't know you for real they don't they don't they don't know you for real that's a stranger i don't care I don't like once you haven't once you haven't seen me for a year or more, once you haven't talked to me a year or more, you are now officially a stranger. So you're talking to the kid version of me. You're talking to the teenage version of me. You have no clue who I am. There's something that you need to remember when you are dealing with your mental health stuff. And you're also dealing with family and friends that, you know, they they can be strangers. Even your friends, they can be strangers. I know that sounds super crazy, but you have to you have to be able to set those boundaries. You have to. Ultimately, your journey of personal growth is yours alone. It don't matter who say what, who do what. It's yours alone because you are the only one that have to live and die with your actions. Devaluing the opinions of strangers allows you to uh, allows you the freedom. To evolve without being weighed down by external judgment. That's why I isolate because I don't have time for you to be judging anything that I have going on because I'm in the midst of chaos. I'm in the midst of confusion and I'm trying to heal. I know it look crazy. I know it look extreme, but I'm trying to heal in a world filled with voices clamoring for attention. I need you to take a moment to discern whose opinions truly matter. Devaluing those opinions of strangers is an act of self-love. It's an act of uh, preservation. Doing so, it ensures that your your mental space remains a haven for positivity, growth, and authenticity. You have to continue to pick up those pieces for you. Stop letting people point out those pieces. Because they'll point at something that you're not ready to pick up and it's going to hurt you more because you got encouraged to pick that piece up. Mind your fucking business. And pick up the pieces in the order that you need to pick them up in so that you can be whole, so that you can progress. I need y'all to understand that like this journey is yours. These people were saying certain things, whether it's about marriage, whether it's about kids, your job, it like the things and opinions that these people are giving you. Stop listening to that shit. It's not for you. It's for their specific journey. Whether it's seeking therapy, joining support groups, or engaging in uh, creative outlets—excuse me—it's a numerous. Is there are numerous ways to cope with grief. It's important for friends and family and communities to provide a supportive environment for those who are grieving, and to destigmatize discussions around mental health. Key fight, you It's like these things are important, but we don't have them fully yet. We don't have full support systems yet without judgment from from others. People who don't experience mental health uh, uh, deficits. They don't understand. They think it's just something like we're seeking attention for. And it's like, fam, if I could chemically alter myself back to who I was uh, when I was able to suppress all this shit, I would. I'm not even gonna hold you. I don't, I don't like healing is hard as fuck. And I don't wish this on nobody. So when you approach yourself and you are prepared to to be a better version of yourself, to heal past trauma, to heal childhood trauma, uh, to break generational curses, all that type of stuff, understand that shit not gonna be easy. You're gonna lose a lot of people. Because you're going to realize a lot of people Been playing in your fucking face the whole time And they've been hiding behind love They've been hiding behind discipline They've been hiding behind I brought you here, I'll take you out They've been hiding behind, I'm your elder But once your mind matures enough And you start thinking about shit It's like, nah, I shouldn't, I shouldn't have had to go through that So it's imperative that, that In your coping and in, 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 in your healing That you start understanding You got to be the voice for you You have to or it's nothing even fucking matters. Therapy don't matter. Advice don't matter. Nothing you're doing matters if you can't stand on business with yourself. If you can't understand, I am the leader of this fucking ship and this is how it's going to go. I tell people often because, you know, it says, oh, I take a village. It Take a village to do this. I take a village to do that. The problem with that is you allow people into your village and they try to be the chief of that. They don't understand their responsibility in your village. When people add me to their village, I'm very cognizant of my position. And if I feel like I am unaware of why you have me here, I'm like, yo, why I'm here? Why you, why you designate me to do this? Right? So when you are finding support groups, when you are finding support systems, whatever, be strong enough to, to discern, oh, this person thinks they run in my village. They're not understanding, like, there's a certain level of, of wholeness that I have. I just, I, I just needed this little piece right here. And you need to remember when people invite you in their village, don't try to take that shit over. You're not there for that. We, we are purpose-driven healing over here. If you want me to support you, I'm going to support you how you want me to support you, period. I'm not taking nothing personal. Because when I want you to deal with me, I'm going to be firm and hey, you're not here for that. You haven't experienced that. Stop talking to me about something you haven't experienced. There's no help there. It's none there. And we have to be okay with that. As long as you are doing your best to deliver your responses or deliver whatever you're talking about, as long as you find it in you to do it without malice and do it without hatred, the, the interpretation of it is not on you. As we uh, conclude this session, it's clear that grief leaves and indelible mark on our mental health acknowledging the complexity of the grieving process and fostering open conversation about mental health are essential steps toward healing that's why I do this podcast y'all like again some of y'all are going through exactly what I'm going through some of y'all are going through a little bit of what I'm going through but you're not ready to really talk about it because you you fear that people are going to judge I'm doing that's why I'm here I want to encourage y'all. It don't have to be a podcast. It don't have to be a show. It don't have to be a you. It don't have to be nothing. Just being able to get the shit off of your mind and off your heart helps a lot. It helps a lot. Stop being scared of yourself. Figure out who you are. Find the light and let that shit shine. Remember, we got to go through something to get somewhere. I'm glad y'all doing that with me. Thank you for tuning in to the podcast. Head over to www.peacefullyflawed.com for all things complex and your Poetic Properties merch. If you want to donate to the podcast, head over to Good Pods. It is a great app to have. Uh, You can interact with your favorite podcast host in real time. You can review episodes in real time. Um, You can also leave a tip over there. It's a great, great app. Um, It also has a ranking on there. Right. It has a top 100 of and It gives you the uh, independent podcast and podcast overall. But it's a great app to to have if you are uh, an avid podcaster or an avid podcast listener. If you want to donate to the business overall, head over to my Twitter. The complex is tip jar over there. If you are somebody who likes comments and shares. I appreciate you. We are, again, we're in 28 countries, trying to reach more. I hope these sessions are helping. I hope you don't feel that I don't appreciate you because I do. I want you guys to continue to listen, continue to share if you can. Um, Tap in. You know, it's it's it's, I know it's a difficult thing that we're doing here, but I understand we got you. So, again, www.peacefullyflawed.com for all things complex. And remember, no matter the darkness, as long as we have air, We have the opportunity and ability to get to the light.